We need a working title. Creating vinyl.
Yeah, it's a lovely ball, and it's lovely. Mm. That's what draw me to the spot. Though, is the with the actual design, the, the design, yeah, the like the cork top. Yeah, and bottom bond is like a bit just wind, you know. They only can brew it on a certain season. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And uh, on the one distiller can do it, can make it, and can be bottled at the same distillery. Yeah. As well, because otherwise you can make the whiskey and then send the, the barrels. To another distillery to be bottled, mm. but we're bottom bond. It's got to be barrelled and bottled in the same place mm-hmm. for quality control. For, yeah. Yes, yeah, so you guarantee yeah. that it's going to be from the same place. So it's yeah. the same quality and always. Mm-hmm. It's got to state where it's been made as well, mm-hmm. and bottom bond has got to be fifty percent. Yeah. Alcohol. It's kind of like a law in America. They're very serious about making bourbon in America. Mm-hmm. That's a huge industry there. That's huge. Yeah. We don't. I mean, we don't have much whiskey in the, the UK, really. I know Pendere and have got. Uh, yeah. Have got the distillery. Yeah. yeah. It's massive in Scotland. Yeah. Ireland. That'd be expected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, like. Wales is Pendere, really, isn't it? Yeah. I think there's another one, but I can't think of their name. In Wales. In Wales, yeah. I feel like it's up near Wrexham. I don't know. No. I'm not sure. I know Pendere and have recently like invested five million, I think, in a new. It's gonna be. A, They're investing on a lot yeah. in the last couple it's of years. It's gonna be a distillery in Swansea, I think. And there, isn't there something around the? Um, they're gonna do something around the old copper site as well. Is that something else? Because they've got Boss Brewery there, which is obviously mm-hmm. here. Yeah. But wasn't there something about like a Pendarian like museum or something? Mm-hmm. That yeah, I think. Is that what you guys were talking I think about? That, I think that yeah. But like a museum and a non-distillery. Yeah, it was a distillery and a museum. And like a museum was part yeah. of it. It was like um, you know, a visitor centre. Yeah. Well, the five million investment is in uh, Candidna, so it's up, yeah. up in North Wales. Oh, okay. That's what maybe that's what I was thinking of then. So that's going to be the big distillery up in there and the visitor centre. I swear they were doing something in Swansea with like the copper site. You know, um, by you know Morpha. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know they've got brew, that breweries there, there. Yeah, Boss Brewery's yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were doing something there as well. Might be wrong. <laughs> when am I ever right? But <laughs> bourbon, it's, it's not big in the UK. So not, not many people know. What? It. Why? Did you know? Is there like a marketing reason or business reason? I'm not sure. I think it's because it's not the price. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, you get you, you it's, Jack, it's the culture you itself. Culture, then. You get the Jack Daniels and the Jim Beam. Yeah. That they big popular, but they pop all over the world, don't they? But, yeah. But it's. For example, this bottle, you would have to go online and order it. You won't walk into the supermarket and get a top yeah. shelf bourbon mm. like you would with a, t- a malt. Yeah. Well, it's really easy for us to get like whiskies from Scotland and Ireland, I suppose. Yes, yeah. You can get those in supermarkets, like decent ones. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we don't get much bourbons over here. No, just a standard. Uh-huh. Pretty shame, mine could get expensive. Yeah. Is, uh Jameson bourbon? Was yes, that Irish. Irish bourbon? Yeah. Irish whiskey. Irish whiskey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like Jim Beam is like a really big yeah. bourbon, other than Jack Daniels, because everyone knows Jack Daniels. Jim Beam's good as well. But it's a bit of a argument with Jack Daniels, because people in Tennessee, where it's from, say it's not a bourbon. Or it's like purists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's made exactly the same as a bourbon. Mm. Right. But only th- only different they do is charred filtered the whiskey. Right. But so. It, so for someone who I have no idea about the whole just you know yeah. process behind it, 
So what makes a bourbon then? Why is it a bourbon over just a you know general whiskey or? It's the way it's made. So a bourbon, people rule as a bourbon. It's a mass. It's law in America. It's the way it's got to be made. Yeah. Right. So bourbon, is a whiskey it can be made anywhere in America. Right. But ninety five percent of that is made in Kentucky. Right. So bourbon's only American. Only American. You can't. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Never knew that. Okay. That's cool. Um. Bourbon is aged in a white oak container I say container but most of it in barrels yeah but it could be like a wooden container a long yeah. made from a white oak and charred inside so the flavours come from the mm-hmm. char mm-hmm. so the vanilla you taste it on the whiskey mm-hmm. that's come from the burnt char of the barrel mm-hmm. it must be created from a mash like beer it starts with a beer mm-hmm. like normally all whiskey starts from like a mash beer um, mix your grains at least it's got to be 51% corn and then the other 49% then is the other grains like rye, barley or wheat. Okay. It depends, you know, it depends on the distiller how much of the other grains. But it's got to be 51% corn. That's where the sweetness of the whiskey comes from. Oh, okay. And then bourbon musk with a barrel no more than 125 proof and that's 62.5%. And it cannot enter the bottle anything less than eighty proof, so that's forty percent. They're very strict. Strict. Oh, it's, it's like mm-hmm. it's like yeah. being in the the technical department at work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're really serious about making bourbon. Right? Yeah. Finally, for it to be be straight bourbon, nothing but water can be added. Like some other whiskey, they put like flavorings and stuff and color and. So this is a vanilla. No, no nothing, nothing to be in there apart from water. Um, how, how have they got the vanilla taste then? Just that's from the char of the oak. Ah, okay, sorry, yeah. And it, it goes into barrels and it's then up in the barrels then at least for four years. Um, the whiskey, the water is only put in there to proof the whiskey. Right. So, why low? Uh, some whiskeys out there are like, we've had one before, don't we? Like mm-hmm. 60%, don't it? Yeah. That I dropped a fuel. <laughs> that is. Yeah, that's the um the Knob Creek, Knob Creek Reserve. Yeah, yeah. so regu- Knob Creek. Yeah. Excuse the name. But regular Knob Creek is fifty percent. Yeah. And then this one was sixty. Yeah. yeah. And they call that barrel proof because it comes straight from the barrel into the bottle. They may put a little bit of water in there, but it's negligible. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that is bourbon. Okay. I'm glad I asked the question. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you ask. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't don't test me later. <laughs> yeah, so Knob Creek a, is a really good one. Yeah. Mm. Which That's you get in some like bars and stuff in the UK. Yeah, which, when I've, say, I've heard of it. Yeah, when you say Knob Creek, and people go, yeah, Knob no. Creek. Uh, it's <laughs> actually named after a creek in Kentucky called Knob Creek. So. I wonder if that's where they get the water from then. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. In Kentucky, they got good limestone water, mm-hmm. and that makes really good bourbon as well. You know your shit. I love bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about like moving over to America? And, oh, and... I talked to her so <laughs> She said we're not moving to America. <laughs> she thinks I'm Mark. You ready? <laughs> no, but I said I want to go on my fortieth or fiftieth mm-hmm. and do a trip to do um, all the tours. Yeah, got it and it. Kentucky trial or the bourbon trial mm. and you go in to all the distilleries and have a tour it's in my bucket list it's an eye volume 
as well. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you don't get that burn. You get a little burn, but not that makes you like choke. You know, yeah, like ah, mm-hmm. you know the cheaper whiskeys, and you go, oh, you make that face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of times on a night out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where it's like the 60% Knob Creek is smoother than the 50. It is. It's unbelievable. Smoother. Yeah. yeah. It's easier the to higher... drink. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. yeah. But Why would that be the case? Is there a reason? Or is it just because... Well, I mean, like, cheap whiskey is really rough, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if it's, like, yeah. high quality... With cheaper whiskey, they literally add anything to it, right? But, like, some cheap American whiskey, they add, like, green, green alcoholic whisk, like vodka to make the volume up mm. and that then it's nasty so it's like you know the cheap mass marketed stuff they have to like cut corners and yeah. keep it in the barrel for less less time right yeah. Yeah. but then the higher quality stuff mm. that's like um, or is it it's not, it's not limited it's uh, small batch yeah that's what it is yeah so it's like has a higher has a higher value per bottle but small batches are still like you know fucking 10,000 barrels I was going to say, it depends who's, yeah. what deliveries make. Maybe if you get someone like Jim Beam, they are small batches, like, I don't know, 20,000 barrels. Mm-hmm. With like a craft distillery, they small batch can be like 50 barrels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but then you can see that Jim Beam makes millions and millions of barrels mm-hmm. a year. So. And these barrels aren't like small barrels. These are like oh, huge, like 10,000 litre yeah, <laughs> barrels. Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah, so Knob Creek is owned by Jim Beam, Jim Beam, which is owned by a Japanese company. Good God. Although yeah. the name of it escapes sure. me. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, so how, how much of the market do they own then, this Japanese company? I, I, they must own a lot. I mean, they probably own a huge portion of Japan. Yeah. But then, uh, but yeah, yeah, owning Jim Beam and everything yeah, that they've massive. owned. They must be massive. Oh, must be at least like 40% of the, of the bourbon market, surely. But then you have like uh, Wild Turkey. That's another big one. Yeah. Wild Turkey. Yeah. Never heard of them. You can get that you can find in supermarkets. Supermarkets, yeah. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. But that's owned by another company. I can't remember what I said. Did I tell you but You did tell me, you've probably forgotten. But yeah, you have like beer companies that own like countless other like small breweries and stuff. Yeah. So like Heineken and Carlsberg. Carlsberg own an insane amount. Yeah. Uh I imagine they would. Yeah. So you can be buying, you know, a few like craft ales and realize you're buying from like yeah. a huge distributor because yeah. these aren't just like breweries anymore; they're distribution companies. So they own like huge, uh, like swathes of other companies, mm. and they just brand them all differently. Which is why you can have like, um, uh, like you know, like Brains pubs and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's not just like the core Brains ales that they have; it's like it's everything else that yeah. they own as well. It's yeah. like like up in the north, right? And they've got like. <coughs> Brewery called Northern Monk. Yeah. And then they've got like pubs in around the north. Northern Monk pubs in. So, or they brew mm-hmm. in the pubs. And obviously, then they've got a site, Northern Monk. And they do like descriptions. You know, you get like 12 mm-hmm. cans a month called Patreons. Northern Monk Patreons. Mm-hmm. And they, that's good craft beers. Yeah, Northern they, Monk is one of them that we tried yeah. a couple of episodes ago. That is was, that why I know it? I yeah. feel like, are yeah, they in Aberdeen? Yeah. No, they're in Manchester. Oh, Leeds. Manchester. Leeds. That might be why. Yeah. That was the one that was um, the evolution of tradition. That's the one. Do you remember that line? On the back of the can. Evolution of 
tradition, tradition. I remember liking that line. I can't remember. Yeah, that, that's the one that I tried. Disco, yeah, or something. You had the disco forklift truck, yeah. Yeah. A, a lo- lo- great brewery. Mm-hmm. But we have the craft breweries in Wales as well, like Boss Brewery, the Cross yeah. Craft. Um, you have Gower. Tiny Rebel. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said it over there. Newport Way, somewhere. Newport and Cardiff. Yeah. Brian loves that. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, Tiny Rebel, Newport, yeah. My girlfriend's from Newport. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Sorry, just to explain that. But they do, they, they're amazing as well. She's a proud Newportonian. Is that a word? Newportonian? Yeah. <laughs> Made yeah. that up now. If it didn't exist. But, um, yeah, no, there's, there's plenty in Wales, isn't there? There's, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a, is there a brewery in Bishopston now? I don't know. I feel like there is. But there's Gower Ales, obviously. Gower Ales. Like Gower Power and stuff. Mm. And Tiny Rebel were the company that did the um, uh, What's Cooler Than Being Cool beer, which I was going to buy. Yeah. um, But they'd run out. Not in stock at the moment. They do a lovely stout as well. And it's like a um, blue, I think it was like a blueberry waffle stout. Mm -hmm. They sell in Tesco's. What was the stout we tried? Didn't we try a stout? Yeah, it was the toffee one, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jordan was not a fan of stout. No. Oh. I like the stout. That, that wasn't what I was expecting of a stout. Because mm-hmm. you think just Guinness? Guinness, yeah. That's the only thing you think of? Yeah. And, like, I've tried that, you know, because you, you were comparing it to, like, the real The actual Guinness, Guinness in Ireland, which yeah. is Versus, totally different. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I hate Guinness, but then he was saying you'd like it. It's so much well. better. I've, I've never been to Ireland, so, but I have heard mm-hmm. like a proper Guinness. Mm. And that's, uh, Dublin is a great place to go. So yeah. you've got like five different distillery yeah. tours you can go on in there. And then obviously there's like the Guinness factory as yeah. well. Really nice. Uh, there's another Guinness factory somewhere as well, isn't there? Is it? West Indies somewhere? Really? Yeah. I think it's two distilleries. I don't know. Um, that makes sense. I'm pretty, for the for US as well, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's right, but I'm sure I this too. Are they, they're not that big over in the States, are they? Oh, yeah. Good. That, really? It's like the Irish culture, oh, yeah. It's, like a, it's, it's huge, like that, huge, like, yeah. Irish up there, mate. Yeah. yeah. There's quite a big... Huge Irish communities yeah. in certain cities. Yeah. That's one thing I'd love to do. If we got big enough, in terms of crates and vinyl to attract some sort of like car sponsorship we do a road trip of like, the US for, yes yeah or like or like a weekend sponsorship of like Volkswagen we take one of their cars yeah and go over to Ireland for the week I'm the number one fan I'm in this journey like. <laughs> hey, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd be the expert you'd be yeah. the one talking about all the uh, yeah yeah and we could do all like bourbons. podcast from each uh, distillery yeah that would mm. be, be insane that would be good imagine that over like a three or four week trip mm. that would be insane the amount of content we get from that but yeah that so really if, if, if there are any companies out there that want to get in touch make that happen just you know <laughs> email email us at uh, vinyl at vinyldaddy.com I oh, know we've got we've got a crates and vinyl domain now info or hello at cratesandvinyl.com there you go I'll have to set that up now <laughs> yeah so it for like um, for like a car sponsorship it really wouldn't cost them that much no because we just we'd, we'd get a <clears throat> oh <laughs> we'd get a um, a press car yeah. we'd borrow that for a week two mm-hmm. weeks they might give us a number of cars in their range if we were doing like a three week trip across the states yeah we can drive one for a few days and then pick up another one at another location and yeah do yeah that'd be a fun little thing wouldn't it yeah if I was still a, a company I won't name 
But if I was still at them, I would be so interested in doing something like that mm-hmm. from a marketing perspective. But we'd have to have obviously an audience for it to yeah. be worthwhile. Yeah. So sorry, Andrew, you, you won't cut it as our as our one and only fan. <laughs> we'll need more. <laughs> Your listen does get us um, like a ten pound sponsorship, though. It's like what is that? Ten pounds per listener. You can yeah. sell a sponsor for your uh, your, uh, your podcast. <laughs> there you <laughs> are. So I, my job. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you compare it to like Joe Rogan, that gets like sixty million listeners yeah. per podcast. He's gotta be the number one podcast out there. He is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's insane. Although saying that, Gary Vaynerchuk's is really popular now as well, isn't but it? But it's it's nowhere near as big as Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's like insane. Yeah. Yeah, like Joe Rogan's on YouTube for his podcast, but then yeah, yeah. the actual listeners he gets on, on yeah, podcast platforms. Unbelievable. It's like 60 million an episode or something. It is insane. It's mad. Yeah. And he started off literally on his couch with one microphone. Yeah, but did so you... how, how did he... One microphone on his couch? Did he interview anyone? Yeah, he had guests and stuff. Okay. With like poor quality um, like visuals and stuff because it was years ago. It does help that he was a little bit famous before we started yeah. the podcast. So he was obviously like a UFC guy. Yeah, and, and remember Fear Factor? Yeah. He was a presenter on the American one. Fear Factor? Yeah. I, I like, remember that, but I don't know what it is. It's like, it's um, on the sled jungle. Yeah. It's something like that. Like, like the, the Bush took a trials. Bush like, took a trials. Like you'd be dumped in a tank full of sharks yeah. and stuff like that, that sort of thing. and. I think that's crazy that. stuff, yeah. and he did um, Ultimate Fighter as well, didn't he? Yeah. That's when UFC like first got into the public eye. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he was a contestant. He no, was a he, fighter. W- he was. He uh, was like presenting Present. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. He still doesn't know, but as when he was younger, and in the podcast before the podcast, he used to go to every event, mm-hmm. and then as soon as the his podcast blew up, and he's a starting stand-up comedian as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, does, he just does them, you know, the important fights, you know, the... Because yeah, he comments on them, doesn't he? Yeah. He's a commentator. Yeah. Essentially the ones with the pain the most. Pain yeah. the most, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, when you got... Can't blame, can't yeah, blame him. Yeah, of course you're not, yeah. The time is now only worth, you know, so much money. An insane so, amount, probably. Yeah, well, yeah. But in all fairness to podcasters, Joe Budden, do you know Joe Budden, the hip-hop artist? He was in Slaughterhouse. Like, he's he started a podcast, uh, I want to say, like, a year and a half ago, yeah. two years ago, maybe. Um... And he made it like Spotify exclusive because they like they struck up some sort of deal. Mm-hmm. But he's doing really, really well. Like to the point now, I think he's like completely left his hip hop career. And because yeah. he was on, what show was he on? Was it like hip hop, love and hip hop? Was that a show? I think he was on that. But yeah, anyway, um, there, there was some like BET TV show that mm-hmm. everyone seemed to love a couple of years ago that I never have seen. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's doing really well as well. So, like, podcasting, even though it's an old sort of, like, format that's been around 15, maybe 20 years, yeah. it's only now starting to really hit its maturity and saturation mm-hmm. sort of phase, which is interesting because everything else happens in a much quicker period in technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and podcast is this sort of dinosaur in comparison that's mm-hmm. still growing. It's like... Um... They rather like sleds rather go on a podcast than a TV show because they get more viewers on a podcast mm. than they do on a TV show. Mm-hmm. It's insane to think to think of it like that. Yeah, that's insane. There's like a lot of smaller podcasts, like literally like a couple of hundred listeners get surprisingly like large celebrities on. Yeah, specifically because like if it's like relevant to the podcast, podcast listeners are really loyal, mm-hmm. and it's like really um like really targeted marketing. Mm. Yeah. 
the only the only issue with podcasting is the analytics behind it because you can't physically track so for like for businesses wanting for me for example trying to persuade my boss to invest in sponsoring a podcast would be near enough insane because everyone marketers now are obsessed about data and pod, podcasting does not give you that data yeah so that's the only thing that isn't you know it, it's a disadvantage to, mm-hmm. to podcasting as, as a format as a as a channel it's not for me personally if i was running the marketing department in my company i wouldn't mind okay mm-hmm. it's all about you know well it's with the numbers anyway it's all a bit like this okay the numbers look good there let's go there yeah but it has no relation to our market it's no relation to the listeners or mm-hmm. you know I mean? so it's a lot more to it shall we have some music yeah and since we were talking about it earlier should we, should we play simon says yep, <laughs> yeah absolutely let's see if you uh you recognize it i think you'll recognize the start yeah yeah i reckon so as well <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you pronounce my name Molly. Any questions? I bring many blessings with my man high tech and he from the natty. We make the sky crack, feel the fly track. Get your hands up like a hijack. Fists in the air for Molly. Keep them there like natural mystic or smoke when the spliff's lit. It's a revolutionary. They ask me what I'm writing for. I'm writing to show you what we're fighting for. Say Talib or Talib. If it's hard, try spelling it phonetically. If not, then just let it be like Nina Simone. You probably don't listen, B. Even when we suffer losses, I count the victory. Sometimes it's far in between. I'm sad to say you got my brain crowded like sunset on a Saturday. I know my son wept because his dad's away. Stop crying, be strong for your mama is what I had to say to my little man named Imani. Start the party. My crew hot, fill these two shots like the blast from a double barrel shotty. It's got to be the man hot tech and quality who make you rock the body. Start the party, my crew hot, feel these two shots like the blast from a double barrel shotty. It's got to be the man hot tech and quality. I remember when it all started. Back in the day when me and mom first party. Hot tech from the beginning, I stayed advanced. A young chameleon adapting any circumstance. Peak game, nigga, never been a lazy nigga. Stayed on my hustle, concentrate to get the paper bigger. Stay focused, while other cats stay hopeless. My niggas stay high, I stay lower Stacking my chips to get a four uh, This shit ain't over no, Going for the gusto, keep getting that Provo It's high tech, on the track like Flojo Bet you ain't even know I had Flojo Yo, make you rock your body Start the party, my crew hot Feel these two shots like the blast from a double barrel shot It's got to be the man hot tech You got to leave, you got to So that was uh, the first song was Faramonch, Simon Says, uh, which was quite controversial uh, in the, I think it came out in 99. It was controversial, I think it was controversial because of the sexism, or at least kind of hope it was. Um, otherwise it just shows how the culture has changed since. Um, but also because of the sample clearance. I think it sent Faramonch into, the artist himself, into mm -hmm. a bit of a depression. Because it essentially meant he lost his label. He lost everything he earned off that album because of the um, the legal issues. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really impactful on him because I know if you listen to any of his albums, he talks like deeply about depression. I mean, he's got a whole album based on PTSD. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think it affected him massively. But the second song was "Blast" by uh, Talib Kweli and High Tech, and that's one of my favorite songs. I. I say that for everything. I say like everything's my favorite song, but it's mm -hmm. true. Yeah, it's, it's not in my top ten, but it is one of my favorite songs. It's like the bass on that gets me going every time I listen to it. But yeah, we were talking about um, what were we were talking about. Okay, so first of all, we were talking about martial arts, things like yeah. that. So you used to own, you used to have a school. I did. Yeah. Um, How long did you have that going? Uh, about seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Wow. Well, I started martial arts when I was like. 13. Yeah. And then got a new belt and then So you're black belt, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And then once late twenties is when I decided oh, the organize the martial arts I was in mm. taught my own school then branched off and then my kids came in and <laughs> I, I, I had no time at all. Yeah. <laughs> Do you um do you know Ben Hubbard by any chance? No. Does that ring a bell? No. Okay. I was wondering because if you were in this area maybe, but okay. No, he's, he's like he's big into martial arts as well. He's got his kids doing it now. 
That's a big difference between us and this podcast. Andrew's actually got children. Yeah. Yeah. We're similar age, right? We're Andrew is thirty-eight. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. By any more years, I am thirty-eight. End of this. Yeah. yeah. And this year. So, oh, you're a Capricorn? Scorpio. Scorpio. Yeah. So, so Andrew's basically a decade older than I am. Yeah. And is nearly a dozen years older than you. Yes. Well, so like 11 years then. Yeah. 11 years. Yeah. yeah. I don't like my age though. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I can imagine like not having much time when you've got kids, especially a young kid. Yeah. Which is what you well, have. Imagine, imagine my life with kids. I haven't got time as it is now. <laughs> it's going to be the same. Well, Rian would probably be doing all that. Well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I should have to, I suppose. Mm. I wouldn't be able to keep up my life now if, if not. Things do change. I feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the good, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, she's um, busy. She's, of, I mean, I guess it's four. And she's busy. <laughs> she wakes up. You know, I'm running around the house. Yeah, you know about it. (laughs) Doing what she wants. No, but it's good. It's good. Yeah, having kids is good. But we were saying, we were saying that I think this is off after the night out last weekend. Yeah. Because we ended up going after the um after we recorded last weekend, we ended up going out to Neath for a few drinks. Yeah. Yeah, that was. How'd you find that? (laughs) It's an interesting night out. It was an interesting night out. I just thought I caught people from work. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, I know you. But um, yeah, no, it was interesting. But we came back here and had pizza, didn't we? Yeah. From Domino's. Domino's. And we were talking about, um, like, when we're old. Yeah. <laughs> and I have kids. He's going to essentially be parenting my kids more than I am. I'm going to be more excited <laughs> for it, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be taking his girlfriend out clothes shopping instead of the baby. Yeah. <laughs> Expensive as well. Yeah. Well, you can pay for it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know how I'd cope with kids. I don't know how my it, life would it, change. It comes natural, I suppose. I suppose you've got you to cope. So I've, I've, I've always been scared from like a very young age of yeah. being like a terrible, terrible father. So that's one, like, well, that's one of my biggest fears in life, is I'd be like I'd be a terrible father. It comes natural. Yeah. My father was which, never around. Which I. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've never worried about that. I'm always yeah. like, I know I'm going to be a great father because of that. Yeah. So I like had nothing. Like my my dad's a great father in terms of like he's he's provided loads for me and things like that. He hasn't necessarily been there so to speak, um, but he's he's definitely I've got no. Yeah. You can't knock him for you know the amount because he worked his ass off so like so you could ensure that I was in a good school. Yeah. Yeah. And things like that, and I'm I'm always grateful for that. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I've I've got a massive fear of being a bad father not being there or not providing or well, I think every, every man goes through I won't, if, if you haven't had kids mm-hmm. like I did and you think oh, well, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> yeah my, my mum says to me all the time she's like never liked kids up until I had you yeah and then, and then I've, I became her life sort of yeah, thing it's different yeah. when, once you have your own unconditional love and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 there's a there's a phrase I heard quite a few years ago on a podcast as it happens I forget the name of it but it was something like um, <laughs> it was like run your business like your second child. Oh, I've like, heard someone say that before. Yeah, so like when you have your first child, you're really scared, you're really worried, yeah. and you're constantly at the crib making sure they're like still okay, still breathing, all that sort of stuff, yeah. really panicking. But when you have a second child, all of a sudden it's like this is all going to be fine. I know what I'm doing. You know everything's fine. So then you should 
be like that with business so not panicking constantly not worrying about little details just going with it and moving forward mm. um, yeah that was years ago I heard that I've heard someone say that before as well it must be quite like a popular yeah. phrase now yeah maybe because of that podcast quite possibly I don't know yeah. sounds like something Tim Ferriss would say Tim Ferriss yeah do you think I don't know that kind of sounds like I don't, I don't think he'd say anything to do with children no, I don't think he talks about kids at all. That's that's something he would. It sounds like something he would coin. Yeah. If you know what I mean, he, he's quite like he brands things constantly. I feel mm-hmm. anything he says is like okay, that's catchy. He's very quotable. Yeah. Like Gary Vee, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose that's why that's what makes them popular. Yeah. It's the fact that they're uh, quotable. That's that's the one thing that we, do. You know Gary Vaynerchuk? Have you heard of him, Gary Vee? No. Right. So he's he's an entrepreneur. Um, he runs a marketing agency. He helped his father's business, right? Yeah. So it, I think they were like three million dollars a year, and he turned into a sixty million dollar a year company just yeah. like on the turn of the internet, like ninety seven, ninety eight, something like that, when like e commerce started becoming a thing. And um, yeah, he's he's massive on uh, YouTube and like all social media now, and um, he's essentially a bit of a he's a celebrity, isn't he? Yeah, he's a celebrity. Um, and I mean like A-list celebrity now more than like a Z-list um, but yeah he's anything he says about business it's just common sense everyone thinks it I feel mm-hmm. it's just a case he says it and he puts it in a really quotable way Yeah, it's not that he's a genius he's, he's a genius in that he's willing to put his you know to, to work and put a, yeah. you know that first but he's, he's very 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 quotable and I think that's the reason why it makes him so successful and he seems very humble mm-hmm. and arrogant at the same time yeah and very likeable just a very likeable character and he is clever yeah there's no doubt about it but he just says everything everyone thinks I feel am I wrong am I do you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah we have spoken yeah. about Gary Vee before and saying that he can just put things into words yeah very well yeah yeah which works great for his content because he does podcasts <clears throat> YouTube videos and then he chops it down into like bite-sized little yeah, audio pieces right. for Instagram and he puts it on medium as well in written form. Yeah. So he's just, yeah. So no wonder he's took off so quickly, I guess. Well, I say so quickly. Um, well, I know he's grinded for God's yeah. hell on me. But with his like, uh, with his like team behind him in the past few years, he's now yeah. like a household name. Oh yeah. Whereas when you and I know about, knew about him, like yeah, 2013, 2014. He was, he was nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, well, I, he wasn't nothing. He had, he's like like a million followers on Twitter. I mean, at that stage, Twitter was nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I I knew about him when he was doing Wine Library TV before he. Yeah, I feel like we spoke about him in college. I feel like you put me yeah. onto him, and then I forgot about him. Then rediscovered him like a year or so later. Yeah, because I I found him like ten years ago before he had the marketing company, or when it was very very in its infancy. And now it's like a couple of years ago. It was like two hundred million he was worth for that company alone, and now it's even more. Yeah. With like Vania Sports, and he does represents a lot of artists and hip hop yeah. artists and stuff. Well, he represents artists now. Yeah. Good God. Well, I, you could see that happening. To mm-hmm. be fair. But I didn't realize he'd moved into music management. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, like he does their marketing and stuff. I don't. Uh, but like, how long is it going to be before he starts his own, you know, proper record, record label? Yeah. Bastard. Vania Records. He better not. Well, you you <laughs> almost went and worked for his London branch, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very close to. So he'd have moved all the way to London and worked at uh, Venue Media London. I'd become his uh, number two. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Who is his number two? Isn't isn't that like a videographer? Um, J J not J Rock, D Rock, D Rock. Well, I mean, he's, he's I would, like the number two. Isn't I wouldn't he? call that his number two. No, no, not in terms of the business, but no. he's always with him. Stuff. Yeah. he's like he's like PA. Uh-huh. There's all the videos. There's loads of editing, and he has another guy who does that as well, who is no longer working for him actually. The other guy now he moves on to other things. There's, there's a few videographers now, surely. Yeah. There's got to be. I know there was a Tyler Babin. I yes, him. Babin. No, Babin's the one who's left. To oh, do okay. something else, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to say I, I follow Tyler Babin now on mm-hmm. YouTube because he has his own YouTube channel. But then, like, he's, a, he has, he's an Adobe, an Adobe star or something, like a graduate. He's like, he's in a the Adobe School of Videography or something. Know. Something like it was like some sort of like sponsorship program thing. But yeah, anyway. But Gary V has Team Gary V, mm. doesn't he? Which is their own like Instagram and stuff. And there's like a, I don't know, there's like a dozen people on there managing everything for him. Yeah. And that's just him. We, Forget the rest of his company. I, I tell you what, right. Should we go from Andrew Jones, right? And then get Gary Vee in as well. And have you both in. <laughs> talk about bourbon, bourbon with him. You can talk about wine. That would yes. be, a, that would be yeah. a good, that, that would be a good combination. And I feel like he's pretty accessible like that, I think. He is, yeah. If, oh, I, I, mean, I mean, probably not now, but not like right five, now. five years ago, he would have been like, oh, you've only got 100 followers, 100 listeners? Yeah. Fine, I'll be on. Yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like five years ago, you'd have been the type to have done that. Mm-hmm. Now it's a bit different, probably because yeah. I mean, he just probably hasn't got the time to do things like that. But yeah, I, I feel like when, once we get to like a thousand listeners a month or a, a week, sorry, mm-hmm. I feel like we'd be able to get him on, and that would be a really good yeah. combination. I feel I feel like it would be a co- good conversation. Whiskey and wine. <clears throat> Whiskey and wine. There you go. Episode there name already. There you go. That's, yeah. that's our branching off podcast. Yeah. There. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe whiskey and wine around the world. Whiskey and wine, but spelled W-H-I-N-E. Or we have good moan about stuff as well. <laughs> it's like freshly roasted, but with wine. <laughs> I won't be in the car. <laughs> whiskey and... <laughs> yeah, because that's how I discovered him. Because I was working at Morrison's. On Morrison's? The Morrison's at the beers, wines and spirits section. And I knew nothing about wine. When this was before college, before college, right? okay. that's how long ago it was, yeah. Um, and I remember going on YouTube and checking for uh, you know, like oh, what's the difference between wines and stuff like that, yeah. and his videos popped up. Um, when he looked like he'd been like taken hostage with like a white background, just a bunch of wine in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he had quite a few videos. Out to then. be fair, if we videoed in here, it'd oh my god, it'd be even worse. Hostage. This, this, oh my god. The desk isn't level because the floor's not level. The door <laughs> Everything handle, looks like it's going to slide off. The, the door handle's broken. Yeah. The walls aren't like... Definitely not level. No, no the walls are stairs outside. Yeah. <laughs> but I nearly broke my neck going back down those stairs. <laughs> yeah. They're so dangerous, unbelievable. Jesus. It's like they're, a fire escape. They're slippery escape. today, aren't they? Yeah. Or is it me? Well, I mean, it's worse yeah. than soaking wet. Uh, yeah, but they're always, they're always soaking wet anyway. Yeah. But. but it's treacherous. That's why the uh, mailman doesn't like coming up here. <laughs> which which you'll Reference hear last which you'll hear more about on episode 10 yeah. yeah which is before this podcast so if you hear this you should listen to it yeah. if not go yeah. back yeah. yeah go back and have a listen yeah. to that gem yeah. uh, that was definitely getting cutting up for uh, cutting up for Instagram oh that was brilliant he's <laughs> like I don't fucking know <laughs> fucking come up he just doesn't want to do his fucking job <laughs> it was like a good five minutes of Terry just ripping into the mailman yeah. 
And then we'll find out that he's like got disability and can't do stairs. And how old is he? That's down. I've never seen him. He never comes up the fucking stairs. So he gets he gets all his mail sent to his mum's house, yeah. and he picks it up from his mum's house because he knows never going to go get you get, mm. get sent here. Do you know when uh, we'll probably cut this out? When um, when it was Wednesday night, I just put my uniform on to go to work. I was like, "What am I doing?" I knew I, I knew I was going to go to work, but I was like, "Fuck!" I could just be doing something else <laughs> rather than going to the supermarket at night. I um, think exactly the same. But um, I do too. But the, not not about like yeah. in the night, but you know in the mornings things. Yeah. But the uh, yeah the past week's been fine. Cause I've been I haven't been killing myself at work. I've been going at a reasonable pace, uh, but not worrying. Just listening to podcasts and stuff and having a. Are you, fun are time, you to that? Be are you that really like egotistical guy that listens to himself back? <laughs> you know I have listened to our podcast. Or like over and over again. Like no, oh god, I, I don't so have sexy. it on. I don't have it on repeat. But uh, well, I listen to it. Then I go to his eye. Yeah, that's that's why I listen to it. So when Andrew's got oh. questions and stuff and is referencing things, I get it. Oh, so, otherwise you've forgotten. Uh, so I, yeah, well the thing is, we recorded each episode like a month before. That's, that's so true. So it is that's that is quite a while, I suppose. Yeah, um, and I've got two pe- other two other two people in listening as well. Oh yeah, have you? Yeah. Oh, so you're the reason why we're in double digits then. Yeah, um, <clears> Ben. And Dino. Oh yes, of course. Dino was talking about it, and because we're on Spotify, yeah. so Dino was uh, listening to it on there. Well, thank you for yeah. that. No, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Dino and Ben, who uh, who who should be listening to this, but we'll see. <laughs> they might have dropped off now. <laughs> they will be listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so this week's been uh, been a good week. Back yeah. in the swing of things. Nice amount of sleep. Um, I was going to go out uh, today, as it happens. What, like? To uh, hand out some business cards and stuff. Oh, were you? Yeah, but uh, it was pissing it down. I not And I thought, turn up someone's door on a Sunday with it pissing it down raining, asking if they want the windows clean, probably ain't the best idea. So, yeah. I'll... Uh, well, no, because you're going to have to be coming back anyway. Yeah, yeah but the, I, the thing is, they're not going to be in the mood for it, are they? With, like, pouring down weather, it's not going to be on their mind. So, uh, I'll be going out... Hopefully I'm off for the next two nights. You want to try and see you know the pubs around here. Uh-huh. Mm. See if they go window cleaners. Well, I know. That's a good shout. I know there's like an old guy that goes around uh, doing some of them around here. But I know he cleans. But like, if it's if it's something that's not like cleaning, yeah. and he's like a handyman, he fixes like I don't know doors, door uh-huh. handles, <laughs> or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Then maybe partner up with him, and you go like, oh, okay, I can give you some of this work. I know they need this and you know you can refer each other but I know he only cleans like certain windows like, he oh so he's a window cleaner he d- yeah he doesn't, oh, he doesn't do like full um, full jobs like across the road the big place he only like cleans it's always like, fucking stinking after he, he's been he only cleans the front like windows and stuff he doesn't clean the rest of it which is weird I don't know maybe they just want the entrance cleaned um, that is weird well approach up, um, uh, and say, well, I clean everything. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind if I step on his toes. <laughs> I'm a fussy bastard. I'll clean everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'll. Uh... And in all fairness, if it is just across the road, mm-hmm. you can also assure them if they ever need anything last minute. Yeah. It'll be available. Yeah. So I can't wait to get started with that again. Because I've I'm, I've been paying for the office for like. Well, virtual Months. office yeah. yeah well it's like it still costs money yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah. but you make it sound like you've got your own office down the street no. I was thinking where is your office yeah, yeah. No, so to have a registered um, office that is in your house yeah 
you can pay a company to essentially use their address. Right. So that's what he's doing. Right, got it. Yeah, so for like a limited company. So when you go on a company's house, it'll yeah. say Terra Sandberg, but it won't be this address. It'll right. be the offices that he pays like 100 quid a year for, something like that. 60 quid a month. 60 quid a month. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. And they do like forwarding of mail and stuff. So you scan my mail and send it to me on uh, via email. Mm. I'm yeah. going to need that. So if you can give me their information. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so it's uh, Vanguard Way in, uh, was it Neptune Court in Cardiff? Oh, in Cardiff? Yeah, that's right. I think I See, think that was the nearest place. I don't think. I was going to say, if I was going to. Uh, if, I was, if I was going to buy an address, mm-hmm. so to speak, for my registered company, yeah. I'd go to like, I'd find somewhere like Chelsea, London. Mm hmm. And, oh, just, yeah. and just to be a complete dick and be like oh yeah my, my company's based in Chelsea yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> just go around and be like yeah yeah well you I mean that's what um, that's how some of the market it. it's like have a you know a business address in Swansea have it in Cardiff have it in London ah. and you can have like a telephone answering service as well um, and obviously the number will be a local number right oh. to Swansea or London or whatever yeah so people will recognise the code and you're in that area right yeah even though you may live 400 fucking miles away yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the number is there. Like you, like a, makes you seem like a local company. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, something I learned this week about the Anderson Pack record, Malibu, mm-hmm. which is like his, it's, for me, it's my favourite album of his. Have you, do you know Anderson Pack? No. He's, yeah. Anything music then, yeah. you're probably not going to know. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Anderson Pack, just for your information, is um, someone, he's, he's a, He's an R&B singer and a rapper, um, but he's been around years, but he's only started to pick up yeah. um, an audience last five or so. Um, and uh, yeah, so he released an album two years ago, three years ago now maybe, and it was like, it's his best piece of work yeah. ever. Um, and he like worked with Dr. Dre on it. Well, Dr. Dre, was he, he put it out. It's, it's his record label that's put it out. Um, but it turns out the record was pulled off all the digital platforms and um, yeah, it was pulled for sample clearance reasons. Mm-hmm. One of the samples on that wasn't cleared. I don't know what, but this is I'm talking like this is like at least six months ago mm-hmm. because it's back up now since. But since I found that information out, I've been going through trying to find the sample. They must have re- replayed it yeah. and then used it as a as a cover rather mm-hmm. than a, a straight sample because I can't find where the sample's missing. I just thought that was a interesting little thing I found out this week that's, that's as interesting as I get which is a, a bit of a shame because <laughs> that's, that's, you had uh, two of those records didn't you from Malibu they were both sold mm-hmm. was it to the US was it yeah yeah so yeah that's something that really annoyed me as well so the guy I sold it to he received it like midweek this week mm-hmm. and I um, sent him a message saying oh have you received it all okay such and such he said um yeah, but what was the condition you had it in? And I was like, oh, it's perfectly meant. It's brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, but his now, it, it's um, just because of the, the postage service. It's got a bend in the corner, mm-hmm. which is it's not like massively awful, but it is noticeable. And um, yeah, so that devalues it straight away. Yeah. So I put a complaint into Royal Mail. Because as well, the people that they've passed on to in America, mm-hmm. I paid for a signed service. Yeah. They didn't get anyone to sign it. They just stuck it in the post box, which right. Mm-hmm. So it was delivered. What's the point? 
I paid for the sign service. What's the point of not getting it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I sent them a message just to complain and saying that the box was damaged. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but yeah, he's received it. It's all good. So it was really complicated to sell to the states though with the sales tax and all that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, really complicated. It's the same. If you want, if you want to, um, oh, if you buy buying a bottle of bourbon in America, you think it's cheap. But after, you know, oh, with all the duties and things like that, yeah, and all that, mm-hmm. it's it's not worth it's not no. worth doing it. No, well, that's that's the thing at work. Um, I'm battling a company at the moment because I, I work in a marketing department for a company in Pontstary, and um, so the headquarters of the company are based in the states, and the stateside marketing department said, why don't we order our promotional items? So you know, like um, tote bags and stuff like that, and we give out exhibitions. Um, why don't we order those all from one centralized um, company that does promotional items? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, let's do it. Did it for like five to six months, started getting the um, the invoices through and seeing the shipping charges, yeah. which were supposed to be like literally no more than the ones they have in the States. Um, and it was like triple the cost of the actual products we were buying. And I was like, hang on, so you've put it in writing. Like I got emails there saying yeah. it was not going to be any more, you know, you weren't expecting it to be like double or anything like that of what we were paying in the States for you to ship to the States. But you're talking, it's like, you know, one, I think one was like $1,200 for a shipping of like just a box, like yay size, like probably like a meter ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I'm fighting them because I'm saying, well, it's not our fault. Yeah. And at one point as well, they bugged it up. So we're supposed to be, so a, a box was supposed to be sent to us in Pontedary, but it was for an exhibition. Yeah. But they missed, they were like three weeks late. Yeah. And I was like, where is it? And they were like, oh yeah, we haven't shipped it. I was like, Jesus Christ, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. So I, I spoke to them and said, okay, you're going to have to ship it to the hotel in Germany. I'm going to be there. I'll pick it up in Germany and that'll be at that. So I got to Germany. I was like, okay, the box still hasn't arrived. Everything else has arrived here, but not that box from America. Yeah. It was stuck in German customs. <laughs> so we paid an extra like yeah. $300 because it was stuck in German customs. See, that's the problem, is the customs. Oh, absolute pain. Because they, they would check loads of money. So if you're like um, buying from eBay or something like that, from like a Chinese seller, quite often they'll write on it that it's like a gift rather than a sale. Yeah. Or it's below a certain amount so you don't have to pay tax on it. Yeah. So they'll they'll end up doing that for you. Yeah. Otherwise they wouldn't get any sales to the UK. No, no, no. If you had to pay like all that extra money. That's the thing. I don't know how we, because obviously we sell into Europe, the company that I work for, and I know there are like certain like we have to do like export documents and things like that, and we have to write like if we were sending just like marketing literature and, and promotional items out to a customer mm-hmm. or to a um, distributor to give to their customers, we'd normally have to write like I'm asked saying what is exactly in the box, and I have to like be exact like I know before we've had stuff stopped because the weight we said it was going to be mm-hmm. wasn't the weight when it got there so they thought things were added and then when they like I said like there was 30 brochures of like a specific brochure like a servicing hours brochure and they counted them it was 29 and they're like this is not correct like funny enough Germany again yeah. don't know why Germany are the, the, or the culprits but um, yeah they were funny in Germany again then for that I was just like oh, get a grip yeah. but anyway enough about bitching and moaning about <laughs> shipping charges and <laughs> I was going to say you have a number of articles to share with us, don't you, Terrence? Yes. You've done your uh, homework this week because you've got a special guest. I have. You've put the work in. (laughs) So Andrew and I have spoken about this already. So there was a Macallan whiskey that this guy bought for £11 
and he's managed to sell it for £2,700, which is quite a bit of profit. Um, he did have it for over 40 years, though. So, so what's that per year, then, in terms of, like, a, an interest charge? I mean, let's say he had it for... Uh, let's say he had it for 40 years, then. So it went up by, like, uh, nearly 70 quid, then, per year. 70 quid per year? Yeah. And he bought it for what, did you say? £11. Pounds. £11. Pounds. I mean, obviously, with inflation, it's not that. No, no, obviously but, not, but... That's not bad, is it? I can no. never do RC, because I got a drink in <laughs> I go, well, I, I no, no. Maybe, maybe that's maybe that's the, why the reason why the wife thinks you're happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't. The thing is, you don't drink it. You open it and have a taste of it. Taste of it yeah. And then you've got like fifty bottles that are like I have. half I, open. I've got quite a few bottles open and they all half. Because yeah. I love say a sip of that. Then I pull that back in my cupboard and that's what I say. But a bottle can last me like three four months. Hmm. So. I see why I got speed to my wife, but not having it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll have like a glass or two mm-hmm. in the weekend, and then it goes back. So yeah, I enjoy it. I don't drink it to get drunk. Yeah, you, you drink enjoy it to enjoy it. it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's interesting, wasn't it? But the fact that, so what was that in particular? What? what? It was uh, a Macallan whiskey. Macallan. Going back to the article, some people are thrown on selling whiskey on. Mm-hmm. And some groups who are on Facebook, they think if you're buying a whiskey, you should open it and drink it. Like in the bourbon world, bourbon, they say bourbon is meant to be shared with mm-hmm. friends, not to make money on. Which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, people are going to see it as a business opportunity, an investment opportunity. Yeah, you get people out there who will buy a bottle and then chuck it on auction sites and to make more money on so have you ever thought about like buying a specific bottle or something just because you think the resale value of it in no. 10 years time is no. more? No. I, would you, do you think you would? I wouldn't know. Yeah. Personally, if I'm going to buy a bottle of whiskey, it's for my personal use and to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Even if you thought you could retire early then on, on the back of it? No, because I have a little power. <laughs> <laughs> you drink it. Drink no, it. You'd be like... 10 grand. Ah, oh, fuck, I'm going to drink yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be divorced. <laughs> yeah, you can do that with wine. And the thing is about like investing in um, wine is that rather than just like buying shares and stuff, mm. if those shares disappear, you're never getting any money back. Yeah. But if your wine doesn't go up that much in value, you still got the wine. You still like have yeah. it shipped to you and drink it. Because yeah. there's companies you can buy from and they, they will, and they will keep the wine uh, like temperature controlled yeah. for like 20, 30 years. Now that's a good idea. Yeah. Because you, you won't go to the bottle and be tempted in a bit to open it. But then that's how most like <laughs> gold investments work anyway. You never actually see the gold. No. It's just stored it's... at the um, uh, at the uh, at the vault. Yeah. And you have like the certificate to say you have it. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the benefits I suppose of like physical items. Yeah. Because if it doesn't go up in in money like wine you can just still drink it mm. but speaking of investments how's how's yours doing what with, with the old uh, oh, with digital currency, currency yeah. oh yeah fucking shit has it, has it gone down yeah, now, has it? yeah so it was up to about so I invested a thousand pounds yeah over the Christmas period and it had gone up to fifteen hundred pounds mm-hmm. which is not bad for like a month and a half mm. it's dropped down to I think it's like an eleven eighty mm-hmm so still, 180 quid, I'm happy yeah. with that. 
But um, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to drop as much as it has. Is it been like bit Bitcoin, is it? Yeah, so I've got a bit in Bitcoin. So I've got two hundred pounds in Bitcoin at the moment, but then the rest of it is in a uh, cryptocurrency called XRP, which is so the, the idea behind it's not the cryptocurrency itself, but the business behind it yeah. is called Ripple, and their um, their mission is to speed up the process of bank transfers. So when, for example, you're exchanging money, so I, I see this problem firsthand in work. Yeah. Because if we're buying something from the States and we've sent a bank, bank transfer over, it can take up to like four or five days sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that can be a massive issue then because they think we haven't paid. And I mean, for exhibitions, things like that, we've paid like two or three grand in the past. And nine months later, they've been like, you still haven't paid? Yeah, we have. Yeah. Then we have to go back through and show it and things like that. Because they haven't seen it instantly, they don't think we have. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so the idea behind it is I'll take you know ten seconds rather than three days. Um, so it's slowly being um, incorporated. People are buying into it yeah. and using them as a system and, and things like that. So that's the reason why I'm holding that cryptocurrency because I think it has actual real world value. Yeah. Whereas like Bitcoin doesn't at the moment. Like mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a digital gold, but. You can't buy anything like people used to say like you'd be able to buy coffee with it mm -hmm. and the only thing you have ever been able to buy was prostitutes assassins and drugs, drugs yeah all the good stuff all the good stuff i mean like <laughs> <Same yet>. <laughs> <laughs> which you know yeah i mean it's it's obviously got a use yeah. but it, it's it's not a world you know mm -hmm. it's not 99 percent. it's only a one percent sort of yeah so i see value in bitcoin because it's always rising in value i think it's sort of there's an argument at the moment, and so every so Bitcoin works. Do you know how Bitcoin works? Like, I, I, I don't hundred percent know. So so essentially, um, machines like computers do all these calculations to create the Bitcoin. Yeah. But then um, every like couple of years, the um, rewards for doing those calculations to get the Bitcoin halvens. Yeah. So every couple of years you have a halvening. And that's when you see those spikes in price because you, you'll only ever have like 21 million Bitcoin in circulation. I think that's the maximum yeah. it will be. Um, I think they'll reach that by about 2040. Um, so that's the reason why you've had the spikes over the last couple of years. It, it, you know, there's a, a sort of step change. Mm -hmm. This year in May, that's when the next halving happens. But there's debate now saying it's already priced in. So yeah. the price you're buying into Bitcoin is going to be the price after the halving anyway. There's yeah. not going to be any knock on you know step change because there's going to be less rewards um which is probably true because i think people have sort of copped onto how it works now which that's what happens when people know what's going to happen mm. yeah so i don't i don't think there's going to be a you know it'll, it'll it'll increase in in value i think over a long period of time mm -hmm. but i don't think i'm going to be you know a millionaire now by the end of december or something yeah i'd love to be don't get me wrong now we can go on that road trip yeah. Yeah. On you. That can yeah, that can fund <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know you can use Bitcoin, or you at least used to. There was like some pubs where you could like buy a pint with Bitcoin. Really? Yeah. What like in London? Somewhere, yeah. Um, but that's not like a a big thing. Imagine that, because I I think there's a story of someone buying a pizza with Bitcoin. And by the time it reached them, it had like tripled in value. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> They'd lost so much money on that purchase. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's li literally something like that happened. Yeah. Where like a couple of years later, that Bitcoin was worth thousands of pounds. Mm -hmm. 
and originally it was like worth like 10p <laughs> also like yeah. like 10 pound obviously yeah. it's, it's pizza but yeah ridiculous amount of um appreciation mm-hmm. but uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna start moving some of my money now like the more because obviously i'm investing in vinyl daily and i put a lot of money into that mm-hmm. and so essentially most of my savings are gone so at the moment i'm trying to work out ways of reducing my spending as much as possible which is essentially just stop going out every weekend mm. and I'm treating this as a sort of night out now every time we come over yeah. here and, yeah. and yeah. catch up um, so um, yeah I'm trying to work out ways of you know increasing mm. the ability to save and then I'm going to start moving that money into other investments other than Bitcoin and mm-hmm. cryptocurrencies and you know I'll buy into a Vanguard fund ETF fund or something like that and get the dividend funds which then all the money I'm putting in, I get some money out as well. Because yeah. that would be nice, wouldn't it? Imagine if you had like a million in the well, bank. Well, we did work this out, didn't we? Was it the last podcast? Did we? Yeah. Like, if you had... I've, um, I've been thinking about it for like... If you had like 200k so. in investments that paid 5%, you could live off of it. Well, if you had... So let's say, for example, and we'll, we'll make it really, really simple. If you wanted to earn 30 grand a year mm-hmm. off of dividends... Yeah. So to replace your salary, so to speak, you would need. Which you're paying. That's, that's a million, isn't it? Which you're paying very little tax on, so that's. Yeah. Should be an ISIS. Yeah. So, that would be roughly. Yeah, you'd have to have a million in the ba- in, in investments of dividend mm-hmm. stocks, to get around thirty thousand pounds, because I think the average sort of dividend payout is around three percent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, thirty grand. But then obviously, if you're putting that thirty grand back in, it's going to be worth more next year, yeah. and the year mm-hmm. after. And Power of compound interest, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is ridiculous because imagine if you were saving like five hundred quid a year. Mm-hmm. Within five years, because of compound interest, if it was in investments, it'd probably be worth about like fifty, probably fifty-five grand, mm-hmm. give or take. When in reality, it would have only been worth five hundred quid, so six grand times five. 35 so you've made potentially 20 grand yeah just because of compound interest just because you're saving it yeah well saving it you know intelligently not just sticking it in the bank yeah which yeah, gets yeah. you like you know 0.25% interest a year yeah I can't believe it I, I'm with TSB right I mm. fucking hate them to the point now I've even I haven't done it on purpose but I've lost my bank card with them because mm-hmm. it was expiring in January anyway but I've I've put the new card down somewhere thinking it was safe and it's so safe I've forgotten where I put it um, Rian's so, probably picked it up and put it in the memory box <laughs> <laughs> probably that's probably what's happened but um, yeah so TSB have announced last year they announced because up to like the, as long as you had 1500 quid in the bank account mm-hmm. I think they were paying up to three per- no 5% on that 1500 pounds um, and now they're only paying 3% and then they've announced they're, they're dropping down to 1%. Mm. I'm sick of them because they're shit. Absolutely terrible. Like, I think I've got money there, but it hasn't updated. No. So my phone app is saying I've got money there. I'm paying for something. It's saying it's declined because I haven't actually got money in the bank. Because yeah. it's taken so long to update, which mm-hmm. is, again, the value of Ripple. Um, and yeah, I just I just hate them. So I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch to Starling... Yeah. with everything now so my pay is going to go in there and everything yeah I'm going to switch to them as well yeah. so yeah Starling Bank based um, on HSBC yeah. 
in that that's where they store your money. So they're not like an outright bank. But that's similar to like, have you heard of First Direct? Yeah. They're like, they're really, I think they were the number one, right? Up until Starling Bank have now mm-hmm. taken over that position in terms of like the best rated customer service and all that. But um, essentially it's just, it's instant notifications of when you spend. Yeah. So for example, before I came here, I went to Shell and you know straight away as soon as i paid yeah. i got the notification to say i've i've, I've spent that you know 28 yeah. pounds 54 which is absolutely brilliant um is that yeah it's that yeah so um i've i've been using them for i think about a year now maybe a bit more um but like sort of like a night out wallet yeah so i'd stick like 100 quid in there a month and then I would try and like stop myself from spending over 100 quid. Yeah. But in, in essence, when I was on a night out, I'd go into my TSB account mm-hmm. and put money over into my Starling account so I could stay out <laughs> rather than go home. Um, so I was still spending like two, 300 quid on nights out. And I was like, oh my God, all my money's going. Like it was eating into my savings at one point. That was like a couple of summers ago when you and I were going out. Oh my God. Because Jordan and I hadn't seen each other in two years. Yeah. And then like that summer, we went out like every couple, couple of weeks. It was brilliant. It was a great time. Expensive. I'd, I'd love to do it again. But if you want to do it again this summer, I'm up for it. <laughs> have, a, have a great time going out. Yeah. Yeah. I got so, I got broke. I just thought I'd do it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Stalin have been voted the best bank in the UK two years running. That's mad. I never heard of that. Mm. But I, I would look into it. They're really good. Yeah, I keep getting loads of ads for them as well. They obviously know that you're uh, hot lead. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I, I even use those for my Bangal Delhi bank account now as well, Starling mm-hmm. Bank, because they're just so easy to set up with. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no case of having to send off for applications or anything like that. You just do it through the app. Yeah, you just you like you'd like take a photo of your passport. You then take a photo of yourself, of yourself and that's and then yeah, I think they ask you to do like a video of you saying something to prove it's actually you and not like a what did you call it, deep fake. Yeah. Um. And um, yeah, it's just it's they're, so they're simple. Brilliant. Yeah. I can set up in minutes. And then you get notifications every time you pay. And if you want to set up a bank account with a traditional bank, you can be waiting fucking two weeks for an appointment to go and see them. Yeah. Well, Barclays, for fuck's sake, I set up with them at one point to try and get um, help to buy Mm -hmm. ISA with them. So I thought I had to create a current account, which I did at the time because I was Mm -hmm. going through the online process, not going through store. And um, yeah, apparently I'd signed up but because it took them so long to do it, I didn't realize I signed up. But then I got a letter through the door saying that my account had been suspended. Never knew I had an account with them in the first mm-hmm. place. It took them that long. Yeah. I registered my business banking with Barclays. Yeah. It took me 10 days to get an appointment. <laughs> I went in and for some reason they thought it was a personal account rather than a, a business account. And the business person wasn't in that day. So I had to make another appointment a week later to come back in. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I set it up and it doesn't even fucking exist. It, does, it doesn't exist. I went through all of that and they don't have it set up. And that was um, over a year ago. That's ridiculous. So it's no wonder banks like Starling are taken off. Yeah. And then you've got, um, so I was, so when I was trying to set up the help to buy ISA, after I'd had that notification in the summer to say my current account had been suspended with them, mm-hmm. um, I went into the Cardiff branch because I was up in Newport at the time, so we were in Cardiff for the day. And I said, look, I'm trying to help, a, I'm trying to set up a help to buy ISA. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to have one because I think I'm a part of a trust which like has property in it mm-hmm. because that's what my grandparents have done. They put their property in a trust. Um, so I said, I think I'm not classed as a first-time buyer. 
would you be able to answer that? And she was like, oh, I'd have to speak to my manager. And she went and spoke to her manager. Her manager didn't know fuck all. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I'll have to speak to the help to buy team. Okay, when can you do that? Oh, we're going to have to wait until Monday. Oh, great, okay. So you're going to get in contact with me Monday. Yeah, fine. Took all my details, what have you. Said she's going to ring me on Monday. Didn't ring me. Mm-hmm. Went into the Swansea branch. Spoke to a guy there who was helpful. Mm-hmm. He gave. I, I had to ask for his business card because I was like, okay, I'm going to make you, you know, you're personally responsible for getting back to me. Mm-hmm. Right, perfect. Um, and funny enough, he knew who I was talking. I said like, oh, some blonde girl in the Cardiff branch. And he's yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, that's Laura. Yeah, that sounds like something she would do. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, it's, it's with me now. And, you know, like it's just and like TSB for example. The amount of uh, libel been... in this fucking podcast. <laughs> and she's still working there. Probably. Yeah. If there's <laughs> she a blonde, she won't be soon. Ask anyone in Cardiff. Go to the Barclays branch in the city yeah. centre and ask for Laura. She's a blonde girl. See if she's working there. Don't <laughs> do not ask for Laura. Ask for anyone but Laura. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you want something done, don't ask for Laura. Can yeah. I speak to a brunette, please? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird, actually. Wouldn't it? That'd be really weird. <laughs> but you know, like for my birthday, my grandparents give me a check for like fifty quid every birthday mm-hmm. without fail. This birthday, I still have that check. Bearing in mind, it's a month and a half later. Mm-hmm. But because every time I go yeah. into to town on a on a bloody Saturday and I go to TSB, they're closed. Mm. The other day, I, I think they closed like three o'clock. So I was there at two fifty-five. They closed the bloody doors. They got one business. I think you can pay into Starling with... Um... Not yet. No? I've looked into it. Can you open a business account with Starling? Yeah. 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 All through the app as well. Yeah. Which is what I'm going to do. Yeah. They're brilliant, mate. And you can categorise... They've just recently launched an update. You can categorise all your spending. Mm-hmm. You can essentially reconcile your accounts via their app. But I'm doing it via a different app. But it's... Yeah, it's brilliant. Really good. Same that. I've got to reconcile my accounts for the last two months. I haven't done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So God knows how much I've actually spent. Because I think I've spent X amount, but I might have spent a lot more. Because I haven't kept track of it properly. Should we play some more music? Yes, let's have some more.
are from the Indians who welcome the pilgrims and to the buffaloes who once ruled the plains. Like the vultures circling beneath the dark clouds looking for the rain. Looking for the rain Just like the city That stagger on the coastline In a nation That just can't stand much more Like the forest Buried beneath the highway Never had a chance to grow Never had a chance to grow And now it's winter It's winter in America Yes, and all of the hills Have been killed Sent away Yeah, but the people know know it's winter winter in america and ain't nobody fighting cause nobody knows what to say save your soul lord knows from winter in america the constant a noble piece of paper with free society the struggle but they died in vain and now democracy is a ragtime on the corner hoping for some rain they look like either hoping hoping for some rain and I see the robin Okay, so that was Pyro by Kings of Leon from the album Come Around Sundown, my second favourite Kings of Leon album. And what was the second one there? Winter in America. Girl Scott Heron. Who is becoming a a favourite of mine. Really? As it happens, yeah. Yeah? So that that is from the album Winter in America, Mm -hmm. which has like a number. I think that was his first. I should know this because I wrote an Insta Instagram post. So that was the second song, was it? That was the second song. Well, I, I quite like, I like that. Yeah. So. He's a very intelligent and clever man. Mm-hmm. With the great hair. Yeah. Amazing. Hair. There's, there's a documentary on him. I think BBC did it. Mm. I think that's the reason why, because I I knew of him because um, there's a song called Home Is Where the Hatred Is. And yeah, I know yeah. that because of Kanye West because Kanye West sampled it. Um, and there was you know nothing spectacular about it. It yeah. sounded exactly like the original, just a bit sped up. Yeah. Um. And that's how I knew his name. I didn't know him of anything else. Um, and then a couple of years later after that, so probably about 2010, my mum told me like, oh my God, The Bottle is a song, because I used to produce music, like yeah. um, make beats and stuff. And my mum was like, I want you to sample that song, The Bottle. Um, so I played it and I just instantly fell in love with the song. It's yeah. a brilliant, brilliant record. Um, and then I found like one night when I was in university, I found like a 5 a.m. after I'd done like a dissertation or something. Mm-hmm. I um, 
I saw that there was um there was a Otis Redding documentary followed by Gil Scott Heron documentary one after the other and I was just set for the whole evening I was yeah. there until like 8am oh. <laughs> I love Otis Redding oh brill yeah. I didn't realise it was only until I watched that documentary about him mm-hmm. that the night that he recorded um, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay yeah. that was literally hours before his fatal flight mm. it was his last record so it was his last recording and he um, yeah, jumped on the plane and then it went down on the way home because of a storm bless him anyway off something <laughs> depressing why do I always do that I always, I always seem to do that I'm always like did you know something really depressing about that person <laughs> I completely like ruined the mood um, last episode we were talking about Alco Pops yes we were and we hadn't really uh, seen them have you seen them since? Have I, been... I looked for them I, on Amazon yeah. and I can't find any like WKD. Well, what was it? Um, Bacardi Breezers. Bacardi Breezers. Bacardi Breezers. That's what we were talking about. But you, you know like um, B&M's and stuff like that? Yeah. They do sell like Bacardi Breeze. Do they? Do they? B&M, I see them. Literally just down the road. Okay. So maybe we should... We should get some of those and do a taste test. Oh my god, yes. Old school. Old school Bacardi Breezes. Yeah, smash a few of those. Yeah, take yeah. it take it back to when, like... I, re- I remember once I was out with mates on, like, our BMXs and stuff when I used to live in um, Bish. And uh, <laughs> one summer, for some reason, it was, like... We were, like, 11, maybe 12. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, oh, yeah, should we just, you know, grab some beers now and just, yeah. you know... So we did, and we were like super scared. We'd like like <laughs> cops would find us or some shit, and like because one of the one of the kids' dads was a cop, so um, every time someone was coming along, we'd run into the bushes and <laughs> and in the bushes there we'd had like we had like a um, uh, a bag full of beer, and we had Bacardi breezes in there, and I was like straight away I was like that's mine. I'm yeah. already familiar with this one, next lads. Yeah, we all been in loving life. Yeah, 13, 14. Yeah. In a little park fields somewhere. Yeah. Side, uh, Being probably all shits. Yeah. <laughs> Going home in, in the middle of the night, sneaking in, pretending not drunk. And appearing very drunk. On, yeah. yeah. As you fall into everything, waking your parents up. And, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good times. I think mm. we were doing that when we were 18, 19, yeah. 20. Yeah. How do I know? Yeah. <laughs> sneaking in. But it's not my mother. It's my life. <laughs> Yeah, so um, there's uh, minimum pricing now on alcohol. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I almost said where I work then, um, which everyone <laughs> probably knows already. But um, yeah, so <laughs> you definitely mentioned it. Like so five they're times. So they're getting rid of like the fifteen pack crates of beers and ciders, and it's replacing them with twelves. What? Yeah. And they're pretty much because there's a minimum price per unit of alcohol now being put in place by the government. But so they, they were set at the same price. Yeah. So even though like a fifteen, it'll drop down from like a fifteen pack to a twelve pack, but the prices stay the same. Okay. And that's happening with like the large bottles of cider and stuff as well. Um, and there'll be like a minimum price for the wine then, of course. Mm. Um, it's mostly happening with like the cheaper. Yeah. Alcohols. So like the the more expensive alcohols, which isn't expensive, but it's more expensive, is pretty much going to be the same yeah. or just a few pence extra. But then, like the really cheap stuff is going to be like raised in price, so it's basically on par with that anyway. Mm. So 
you know most people aren't going to buy that they're going to go for something like better quality um but yeah it's it's uh, government enforced so it's going to be hitting everywhere that's interesting which is a good thing i guess minimum price on certain uh certain alcohol mm. it's about time really yeah personally i don't think it's gonna stop no these drunks buying it no because that's what they do trying to you know Keep off the streets drinking mm-hmm. as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they want it, they get it, I suppose. Well, I hope that, like, the tax money would go to, like, the NHS to prevent, you know, like, for, like, treatment for alcoholics and stuff. Yeah, the people who actually want to change. Yeah, and, hopefully, yeah. but I d- fucking doubt it. <laughs> yeah. They'll probably go into the bloody Swansea. Where Someone's they... expenses account, probably. Yeah, yeah probably. Somebody's pocket. Yeah. Or they waste money on, you know, redoing the whole city centre again in five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which they seem to do every five years <laughs> and it takes five years as well yeah <laughs> especially after the companies go bust halfway through making the, yeah so it's just roadworks constantly by the way I'm, I'm not actually complaining about the state of Swan City Centre I think they've done a brilliant job on the Kingsway it looks ten times better than what it has done for the last well 20 years so I can't remember I haven't seen it since it's no, been I haven't seen it. No. oh it looks brilliant it does, it does look good I think in the summer once it's um, hopefully finalised mm-hmm. it'll, it'll look really nice in all fairness to them they've done a nice job only problem was the other day so they, they put all these um, patches of grass all yeah. along the Kingsway and there was a van over Christmas stupid twat drove onto the pavement and into the grass oh. got stuck ripped up all the fresh new grass mm. and they've had to replace it since <laughs> absolute tosser what did you ask earlier? Oh, um, what was the question? because like, that was a really good question I feel like I want terrorists to answer that like off the where do you think the podcast to be in? In a year, this podcast. This is episode eleven now. This is yeah. Um, so, so we're gonna have to hit the hundreds, right? It's you know. Where would you like to see it going? Well, the fact that we started to begin with was amazing. <laughs> the fact that we had episode one was great, and then episode two was a really great podcast. Mm. We lost some of it, yeah, um, a good chunk of it actually, yeah. But um, we're still going. We've hit double digits now. We're on episode eleven, mm. and. The fact that we get to see each other every week and like talk about business and stuff that, like that—that's the advantage. That's like that's like the best part of it. Yeah, 100%. It, it almost forces us to get in contact with people and stay in contact and regularly meet up. Hmm. So that's like a really good thing. Unless you're Craig, in which case you just shows up when he wants. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's like a huge benefit, but it would be nice in like a year's time to have hit like fifty or sixty podcasts. Hmm you know um and then get like a sponsorship deal so we can actually do like giveaways and stuff like that to people who do like uh like listening and stuff but i feel like this podcast like we're not recording this podcast for people who are going to be listening to it this year we're recording this podcast for people who are going to be listening to it in like three or five years yeah when they find jordan and i and andrew and whoever else we have in the podcast via like the other stuff that we do and we get like popular at something else and then they come back and listen to this podcast to see where it all began how we started off and things like that yeah that's going to be my favorite part is when you know it's like documentary yeah yeah in like five years time people are watching our youtube videos or whatever and then they realize (laughs) we have a podcast and they're like holy shit this is amazing seeing them from the beginning yeah like really like rough and uh raw i guess raw yeah <laughs> rough rugged and raw um that's like that's going to be fun in a few years time mm. but yeah the main part is that we you know we meet up once a week and we taste a few beers and 
have some uh, some special guests like Andrew yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Who's definitely gonna have to come back. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. And we'll have to do some beer tasting as well at some point. Uh, some nice ales again. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in a year and uh, and see if we can get any other guests on the show as well and build more of a, a community. A community, yeah. yeah. We need to do some more promotion, like you say about social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's social definitely. media is the big part on Morton, I think. Which need because that's the thing as well. Once we've chopped up the sample, uh, the samples, talking like I'm producing beats. Um, once we chopped up the um, the episodes mm-hmm. into snippets that we can put onto social, yeah, that'll make life so much easier. And then I'll take those and I'll put them up on my personal and you will on your personal channels. Mm-hmm. That's how we'll build. Yeah. At the moment, because we haven't bothered to split them up, we're never going to do it. Yeah. So that's step number one to reaching that goal. Mm-hmm. I really would like to see us get to a point where, in like six months' time, mm-hmm. we have businesses coming to us in the local community mm-hmm. and saying, "Oh, do you mind coming over midweek and we'll do something in the evening?" And like opening up, to like having these conversations about yeah. stuff that I didn't know or stuff that you don't know. Yeah. Um, with people who just want to have a bit of fun, be on the podcast, and mm-hmm. have a laugh, um, and like you say, potentially in five years' time, show them from where they, you know, came from to where they are yeah. now, and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see us potentially like double up on the amount of podcasts we're doing. Although I don't know if I, how I would be able to handle mm-hmm. that, <laughs> nor you, because uh, we need to have the real, you know, really have the time. Um, but yeah, that's that's something I'd like to see happen as well. So I'd actually like to see us getting near to the 100 mark within a year's time. So by mm. next March, I'd like to see us like in the 80s or 90s. It's mm. so like some weeks just doubling up. I know you could. Mm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Or doing like like a live show. Yeah. Like instead of having a, like a setup like this, yeah. doing a podcast, but like, well, a video from, you know, I don't know, a bar. Yeah. That's shut down after hours or something like that. Like mm-hmm. just something like really like stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and doing it live on Instagram and yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like doing a live video. I think that would be really. Cool. I mean, can we well, we could do like Twitch and stuff as well. I guess or like YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Live. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to get a camera. Um, I know we can record some stuff now, and we can like change the setup of this room so we can have like, um, visuals that would be like easier to record. I guess. Mm. Um, the only problem is that the thing I'm scared about is the editing time mm-hmm. oh that'll take way more editing yeah, yeah. Um, but it would be nice to get some uh, some visuals as well mm. I do agree there even if you know like the Carl Pilkington not the Carl Ricky Gervais show mm. where they've um, animated some years stuff years after they had it animated yeah. on TV yeah. I'd love to do something like that. Well, like again, that like title. maybe that will happen in a few years' time. Yeah. Someone will yeah, yeah, love yeah, a particular yeah. moment of the podcast, like the fucking Postman rant, and <laughs> yeah. someone's going to animate that because they really like the podcast or something. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be brilliant. If there are any animators out there who potentially hear us now speaking, get in touch with us. Yeah. Don't know how, because I gave you five different emails earlier. <laughs> <laughs> So reach us on uh, on Instagram. That's the easiest one, isn't it? Instagram. Yeah. Crates and Vinyl underscore? Underscore UK. Underscore UK. Yeah. I set it up, I can't remember. I, <laughs> yeah. I would say Instagram is one of the best. Mm-hmm. Get posted Tick, on TikTok. You need to get on TikTok. TikTok. 
it's for the kids right now but that'll be the the next instagram easily mm-hmm. as long as it stays on its trajectory as it is now yeah i go people have, there was someone on there the other day who've only like they only are known on tiktok mm-hmm. but they signed like a million pound contract with someone like a sponsorship mm-hmm. deal i can't remember who it was but yeah there, there was some kid that was doing some damn videos on tiktok and mm-hmm. they Goddamn deal, sponsored deal. Well, wow. some people have got like 10 million followers in a year on yeah. there. That's insane reach, you know? Yeah. But Rian's getting loads of um, views on there. She's she only posted two crappy little videos. Yeah. What she posted, posted? Posted of her with damn. Um, what are the white shoes called? White trainers? Stanley's? Or Stanley's? Stan Smith's. Stan Smith's. No idea. She's got Stan Smith's on and yeah. she's like taking an Im- like a, a video of her like moving her foot. Crip walking and yeah something <laughs> stupid like that and she's got like 300 views and she doesn't have any followers on it but she's got 300 views on something like that how and then I'm posting funny stuff like when I broke my flip flop in Tenerife mm-hmm. just walking along I just don't get it how is she, like I, I I don't get the youth of today <laughs> well we better start getting it I suppose yeah yeah right should we finish up sure should we play us out I've got a song request you got a song request. Oh, you bastard. So, I planned something. Uh, <laughs> go on. Go on, go on. So, Andrew, uh, would you like to give us your uh, social media and everything? Oh, of course, yeah. Yes. Um, if you like what you heard, I'm about Bourbon. Follow me on um, Bourbon Taff and type it in, you find it. <laughs> on Instagram, the, yeah. There's no underscore or anything, is there? Yeah, it's underscore. So it's Bourbon, bourbon underscore, underscore Taff. There you go. On Instagram. And yeah, if, if when we post this episode, mm-hmm. We'll do a shout out to you or whatever if Yeah, we'll figure out yeah. Yeah. we'll take a photo now of you and we do yeah. <laughs> Do you show your face at all on your No. Oh you should do it on a video, yeah. I I know one video, yeah. I, I think I was I was New Year's Eve. Yeah yeah. New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> were you yeah. were you pisses of fire? Pisses of fire. Were you actually Yeah, I'll try the courage to do a video. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we were speaking about Otis Radden. Yeah. And I do really enjoy quite a few songs from him, but there is one in particular that um, I think would be good to play. And um, obviously, like, Ben E. King died a few years ago, who did Stand By Me, that really uh, popular song. Mm-hmm. Um, but Otis Radden did a cover. I think it was a cover, and he didn't do it first anyway. It was a cover of Stand By Me. So Otis Radden, Stand By Me. It's a really good one.
She tumbled in all of the mountain may crumble, may crumble to the sea. I won't cry. I won't cry. No, 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 I won't shed no tears. Just as long, just as long, just as long as you stand by me. I'm the home. 